Raise your hand if you want to be happier. Okay. Second question. Raise your hand if any part of this sounds like your morning routine. You wake up tired because you went to bed too late. You grab your phone, check email, social media, and you already begin to feel bad about yourself because you're overwhelmed by all the things that you have to do today or didn't get done yesterday. And you're already spinning in this comparison cycle because of social media. So you get out of bed, you walk to the bathroom with your phone, rush to chug some coffee for that much needed caffeine rush. And you drink it absentmindedly with some TV noise in the background. If any part of that resonates with you, stick around because I'm going to review how to live a happier life. And you can actually start right now. Why this topic? Why today? Because today is my 100th podcast episode. Can you believe it? Friends, welcome to Create Your Fates. If you've been coasting through life but are ready to make small conscious changes to step out of fear and into living your best life ever, this show is for you. Who am I? I'm Life Coach Meg Ellis here to help you retrain old self-limiting beliefs into a positive mindset so you can confidently become the person you want to be. First, by understanding who you already are. How? By using the law of attraction and my favorite personality test, the Enneagram. And I'll even teach you some mind tricks along the way. Ultimately, I guide you to stop thinking about what you don't want and instead focus on what you do want. You can create your best life ever and it begins with your mind. Today, I review three simple steps you can take to instantly begin to live a happier life. No, personal growth is not all about instant gratification. However, these steps, even if you take one of them, will get you started in the right direction so you can begin your happiness journey right now. It's time for you to create your fate. 100 episodes. I I honestly, I can't believe it. It was the fall of 2021. And I made a vision board and added a picture of a podcast mic to it. And no joke, two weeks later, two weeks, I had a podcast. So I'm telling you, there is something to this whole positive energy thing. And I am super into manifesting and I coach people all over the country how to live their best life ever. So I thought talking about ways to lead a happier life would be perfect for today's episode. And before I forget, I do just want to say a huge thank you for tuning in. I do not express it enough, but I am so thankful for you. Whether you have been an OG listener with notifications on listening to the episodes the moment they drop, or if you are just listening today for the first time, I sincerely really, really do appreciate you. So thank you for listening, writing a review. Thank you for sharing this with friends. You have made my dream come to life. So let me help you in return. You want to be happier? I got you. Like I said, I'm going to go over three simple steps, and then I'm actually going to do individual episodes on each step. So getting a little bit deeper when we dive into those individual episodes. So today, I'm going to talk high-level three ways you can instantly be happier, and I'm going to give you a little action step for each item so you can start this happiness journey right now. Okay, ready? Number one, the first step you can take to start being happy now, one, 
start saying no. Wait, don't turn this episode off. I know, I know. Immediate cringe. Enneagram 2379, right? And if you are a new friend, I do use that tool called an Enneagram. It's a personality test. It's spot on. It's linked in the notes. Take your free test. You don't have to to follow along, but I do reference it and use it for growth. So start saying no. And I want you to ask yourself this. Do you say yes more than you say no? Okay. Then I want you to ask yourself this. Do you say yes when you really want to say no? Oh God, why did I say that? How am I going to get out of this now? Okay, how about this one? Do you say yes before you even know what you are agreeing to? Hey, can you help me with something? Yes, yes, what is it? Do you say yes based on what you want to be able to do, not on what you actually can do? Yes, yes, I can go to brunch, even though I already committed to another friend's birthday party at the same time. Oh, well, uh, I'll figure that out later. And then I'm going to put it off and stay in dread about the whole confrontation about canceling on someone and just cancel on one of them at the last minute because I actually can't be in two places at once. Uh, Yeah, that sounds like a better idea. I'm going to tell you this. This is not going to lead you to a happy life. You say yes way more than no when you really want to say no or you can't say yes, but you do it anyway. Not only does that lead to a life of people pleasing, but I'm going to just take a wild guess here and say, I bet you run around late all the time and you actually probably hate being late. And I'm going to blow your mind here. You actually do not have a problem being late. You have a problem saying yes when you want to say no. So learning how to say no can be tough at first. You've literally conditioned your brain or have been conditioned to automatically say yes and want to people please. And it can be a hard habit to break. But there's so much power in learning how to say no. People will respect you more and they will place a greater value on your time since you value your time. Therefore, you will respect yourself more too. It's kind of, you know, this ongoing ripple effect. You're going to be more reliable and you're going to commit to the things that you can and actually want to do, but only ones that you can. You're going to be able to be viewed as the leader more versus a follower because when you say no, it allows people to actually trust you because now they know that you have discernment. You don't just say yes all the time. So we're going to deep dive into this on the whole next episode, but I'm going to give you one small action item so you can begin to say no today. So first, let's bring some consciousness into this. You're going to start being conscious of how many times you say yes in a day and how many times you say yes when you really want to say no and how many times you automatically say yes, even before you know what you are agreeing to. So just take notes of those things. We're going to talk about it more next week. But here's your challenge, okay? You are actually not going to say yes to anything. I know, turns podcasts off. No, 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 stick around. (laughs) Hear me out. You are not going to respond with yes to anything. Even if it's something that you really want to do, your first answer is not going to be yes, yes, yes. You're going to practice not automatically saying yes. So when somebody asks you something, 
even if it's something you really want to do and you can do it and you even know, I would say yes eventually. Anyway, you're going to say something like this instead. Can I think about it and get back to you? Can you tell me more about it? When do you have to know by? If you had to pick one thing for me to do, which task would be the most important? So this is going to work on untraining your brain to automatically responding with that yes. And it's going to allow that people-pleasing signups in your brain to take a little break. And then that rush of people-pleasing will go away. So then you can think logically and then not overcommit by the time you actually give people your answer, right? You follow up with your actual answer. Sometimes if you can do it and you want to do it, you say yes. And if you don't want to do it, then who, okay, I'm going to practice on saying, Hey, I actually am not going to be able to do that. And we're going to get into that next time. But you know, you're going to practice on even things that you would say yes to and want to say yes to, because it's going to help you break this people pleasing pattern for when you really want to say no. So are you up for this challenge? Try it. Tune in next week for that whole episode dedicated to saying no. But this does lead into step number two on how to be happier. Setting healthy boundaries. I know. More cringe. Sorry to sevens, nines. I'm really hitting you hard on this one today. But trust me, because I am an Enneagram 7, boundaries have never been my natural strong suit. So when you hear the word boundaries, do you panic a little inside? and automatically think you're going to have this difficult conversation and it's just going to end up with you feeling guilty. So you might as well just not say anything anyway. Take a breath. What if I told you that learning to set healthy boundaries will actually allow you to enjoy the people you enjoy even more and will allow you to give less of yourself? Why? Here's the kicker. Boundaries are meant to keep people in, not out. Mind blown, I know. Hot take, so one more time. Boundaries are meant to keep people in, not out. You don't want somebody in your life, you set up a barrier. Or I'm not dealing with this person. Uh, Or if you're able to, you fully remove them from your life. Boundaries are meant for the people who are designed to remain in your life. I know this concept can be a little hard to grasp, so I'm going to give you two examples. Boundaries with someone who you love, who you want to remain in your life. Take your best friend. You love them. Two peas in a pod, ride or die. Knows all of your secrets. You know all of theirs. But hey, this friend is in a pinch and starts asking you for money. And then more. And then more. And never pays you back. And you love your friend, but because you don't set any boundaries with them and you keep giving them money and then your money starts to run out and then you see them doing something lavish and they haven't paid you back yet and you begin to feel taken advantage of and the story goes on, you know where I'm getting with that. But setting that boundary, not because you don't want to be friends with them anymore, you want to keep them in and you want to keep a good relationship with them. So you set a boundary. Your boundaries are based on what you are a yes for. Hey, I'm a yes for keeping our friendship and I'm a yes for keeping my money and and helping you once you pay me back, right? So you can say, hey, your boundary would look like I'm not going to be able to lend you any more money until you repay me what I've already loaned you. So example two, a boundary with somebody who irritates you 
but is going to remain in your life. And honestly, I, I hear this all the time about, you know, this person is my, my family or my boss or whatever. I can't get them out of my life. Doesn't matter because boundaries are meant for people who are staying in your life. So let's just use the classic mother-in-law example. Uh, lives right down the street, comes over unannounced five times a week, barges in before dinner, and judges the meal that you are feeding your family. Uh, your mother-in-law is going to remain in the picture. Right? Your partner loves her. He or she wants you two to get along. So I'm not saying that this is all on you, but setting a boundary will allow for a win-win-win. You can't come over unannounced five times a week. You can come over twice a week planned. Boom. Boundary. Designed to keep her in, right? It's a win-win-win. She still gets to see your family, which is what she obviously wants to do. Your partner gets to have a life that involves you and his mother or her mother. And you keep peace of mind knowing, hey, she's not going to barge in. So win-win-win. When you don't have boundaries, what happens? Take our two examples. Your friend. You end up lending your friend money. Now you're in a pinch. Now you're on edge and you feel taken advantage of and you're critical of their choices, which can end up in this big blow up that ends a friendship. Your friend is not in anymore. And how about your mother-in-law? You can't take it with your mother-in-law. So you hold it in and you become passive aggressive, living on edge all the time, expecting her to make you mad. Now you're looking for ways that she's going to make you mad because your brain does that. And your short fuse causes you to blow up at the smallest thing. And now you even are, you're not even on speaking terms and your partner gets caught in the middle and ugh, that just never leads anywhere good. Don't you want to be happier? <laughs> That's what this episode's about. Setting that expectation from the beginning so it doesn't get awkward, heated, or angry. So again, a whole episode is going to be dedicated to boundaries. But in the meantime, I want you to work on this challenge. So if you're up for it, here's your second challenge. Just start to reframe the way you view boundaries. How does setting this boundary actually keep this person, this relationship, this job, this experience in my life? How will this actually allow me to be happier? So just start thinking about this. And this leads me into my next one. And I am so excited to do an entire episode on this. But point three, that third step that you can take to be happier right now, learn how to be bored. I know Enneagram 7s are like, what? I'm not listening to this anymore. This is for you though. <laughs> bored. Ugh, that is the literal worst. Why in the hell would I want to be bored? Boundaries come into play here. Are you seeing the trend? But really, these are boundaries with yourself. So ask yourself, when was the last time you were bored? Think about it. Uh, no, Meg, I actively try not to be bored. And I must be doing something at all times of the day. Okay, Enneagram 3s. <laughs> Honestly, though, what's so bad about being bored? Let me paint this picture. Sitting there, even for a few moments, literally doing nothing. Well, when you phrase it that way, that actually seems pretty nice. Grind culture has us so strapped to feeling like we should be doing something or feeling like we constantly have to be stimulated. And we've actually been conditioned to fear boredom. You check a box, immediately go to the next thing on your to-do list. Grind, grind, grind. 
I always have to be doing something, always. So I constantly multitask, which studies have proven to show takes longer than doing the tasks one at a time. And then I always have to distract myself because now doing one thing isn't enough. Now I have to do multiple. Now the reason why I don't have any time because what I'm doing actually takes longer. So now I'm down on myself even more. It's this wormhole. So you got to ask yourself, what am I distracting myself from, right? In the car, on the phone, walking down the street, on the phone, at dinner and your friend goes to the bathroom, boom, check your phone, going to the bathroom and taking your phone with you, y'all. Y'all, why are we not talking about this? Because this is like absolutely ludicrous that we have adopted this as normal behavior. And I'm not judging because I do some of these too automatically. You don't even have to think about it. You are a zombie distracting yourself from what? Have you ever questioned that? What are you distracting yourself from? Your thoughts? Is it really that bad in there? Are you afraid to have five minutes to yourself and actually start to untangle some of those thoughts that are stuck in there? I mean, God forbid you have 10 minutes to yourself undistracted to actually think about the task you checked off, figure out what worked, what to do again. Hmm, Got some time. Let's figure out what didn't work, what not to do again. And oh yeah, actually take a moment to be proud of yourself for doing a good job. That's an idea. Spending more time being proud of yourself and actually figuring out what's in your head. Where do you think that could lead? Dedicate time to being bored, to being undistracted. Give yourself permission to not always have to be on to the next thing or occupying yourself. Again, super excited to do an entire episode on this, but here's your challenge to start living a happier life now. Okay, here's your third challenge. Stop taking your phone into the bathroom. Mm. And stop, here's your and, it's a double challenge. <laughs> stop automatically reaching for your phone when someone leaves you alone at a table. Spend two minutes with yourself. That's it. That's the challenge. That is it. So to recap, you can begin to live a happier life right now. Bye. One learning to say no. So you're going to challenge yourself by not automatically saying yes to anything. Two, setting healthy boundaries. Reframe your view to see how they can actually help you keep people in and not out. And three, you're going to dedicate time to being bored. Spend an undistracted two minutes with yourself and not reaching for your phone. So I'm curious to see how this goes. I'd love to hear. So definitely um, leave a comment, leave um, uh, you know, a comment on my Instagram at Let's Create Your Fate, and tune in to the next three episodes to see where we go in this deep dive of each topic. So that's all I got for you today. Thanks for sticking around. If you loved today's episode and want more content like this, subscribe, leave a review. That will help the show grow, get really awesome guests. It's been a year of amazing guests, and it's going to actually help make more tiny little steps towards other people reaching their best lives ever too. And it's going to reach more people. Who knows? Maybe one of those people will be a stranger who you pass on the street. And of course, I'm going to leave you with one final thing. It has been one year of this. Thank you so much. 
And as always, expect good things always, and they will happen.